Soulcast, episode 21. Welcome to the show. So, as is tradition, I like to start the episode with a bit of gratitude. Think about, you know, the people in the world uh, that are in a different situation to yours, where they might not have access to plentiful food, a fridge, internet, you know, a roof over your head at night. These are things we take for granted because, you know, our, our immediate community or environment everyone has those things it's kind of a given but it is useful to have a bit of perspective and awareness sometimes and because there are lots of places in the world where people don't have those comforts uh so just being aware of that taking a step back at everything and having gratitude for things is is super important to do on a regular basis if we feel gratitude regularly for something much more less likely to bemoan our situation in real life and you know it just it gives you perspective it's like these other things don't really matter because you know I, I have so much already and I'm grateful for so much already you know the, the petty squabbles the one worrying about the job is at least you have a job you know it's having gratitude for these things which we don't appreciate makes everything else better as well so that's the principle behind gratitude and why we want to express it as often as possible and feel it as much as possible and just consciously take a moment. Uh, that's why I think prayer before a meal is has developed as a community thing that we see across cultures is because it is good. Okay, first of all, you might not know this, but having a, a bit of a quiet moment and breathing through the nose before a meal is going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one that promotes digestion and all the rest of it as opposed to your sympathetic nervous system which is you know your fight and flight response your sympathetic nervous system gets activated so you're all hyped up actually directs blood away from the digestive system so it's good to have a little moment before your meal where you just okay i'm gonna stop take a moment maybe you've been rushing all morning or whatever and just think about it and some deep breaths in through the nose and what that'll do is shift you to the parasympathetic nervous system, means you digest what you're eating uh, a bit a bit better. And so I think that's developed as a bit of a, like a, you know, we call these things a meme. It's an idea that propagates through cultures. Uh, but I think it's developed over time in most cultures because it's beneficial to us. And behaviors that are biologically beneficial in that they make us healthier or whatever, or on the grand scheme of things, the population that does this behavior lives longer than the population that doesn't so community and on across averages across communities and populations we see certain behaviors rise up because they're beneficial and so um, ideas that are silly and harm the people that have them they end up just through that group not living as long and not propagating as much they end up also dying out of existence as well that's why the power of memes is so uh it's so useful and, and powerful as a biological concept and we can see you know internet meme culture it propagates in and of itself and you know there are so many layers to it and the memes change through time and memes can affect the psyche of uh, a community and a nation on the whole you know if you make a good meme that maybe it points out someone's hypocrisy hypocrisies or gets across a certain bit of information that 
you know, is is useful, then that meme gets shared more and spread more. So that's the idea behind it anyway. Looping back to my original statement was gratitude, you know, being grateful and saying thank you for this meal. Just taking a moment, boom. That's a good thing to do regularly for everything that we kind of take uh, take no notice of really on a day-to-day basis in the modern world. Uh, and being grateful for things which will mean everything else gets put into perspective and your problems don't seem to be problems really anymore. It's like, do I really have problems? You know, I've, I've got a roof over my head, I've got enough to eat, uh, I'm not going to die in the immediate future. Uh, kind of reminds me of a different point uh, to make is a useful tool to dealing with the idea of you know your problems in your life <clears throat> if you're feeling stressed out by something anxious about something worried about something angry about something just stop is this going to matter in a few minutes so that's the you know the smallest time frame really maybe you're standing in line and someone cuts in front of you or, or some small annoyance like that is it going to be is it going to matter in a few minutes no well then don't worry about it is this going to matter next week oh sorry tomorrow is this going to matter next week is this going to matter in a few months from now a few years from now if you can ask yourself all those questions about something and the answer is no it doesn't matter then why worry just it doesn't matter you know a lot of designing the right mental headspace is eliminating what you thought were problems just by a logical analysis of them in a way and if you can logically just be shown oh actually this isn't an issue this isn't a problem like i'm just you're creating this extra mental worry for literally no reason then you'll be like okay well that seems dumb i'm just going to stop worrying about those things you know what's that outside of my control and what's inside of my control that's the dichotomy but creating that headset, that mind space where problems that everyone kind of assumes, like oh, small talk is always like, oh, this guy cut me off in traffic. Oh, I know, but then, oh, but, but what about the weather yesterday? Oh, my God. Or, you know, these assumptions about things, or if something's already happened, they're whine and bemoaning, oh, how could this happen to me? And all of this bullshit. And none of it's real. None of it's real. It's just the ideas that people have in their heads that they propagate to themselves across years. They end up believing it and their life and worldview is colored through that. It's the idea of mental software. Whatever you're viewing through life is getting run by your particular software that you have installed on your brain, figuratively. If someone tells you something useful, a good bit of information, or just a statistic about the world, or a simple phrase or saying that can just stick in your head and go, oh shit, you know, that makes sense. That's an upgrade on your mental software. But you can have viruses to these things. They are assumptions that aren't real, fears that aren't real, worries that aren't real, you know, the ego, all the traps of that, where you, you want to attack other people if you feel insecure or threatened, or you are jealous of someone else. 
removing those is like removing viruses on a computer and then your mind is going to run smoother and better just like a computer would if you ran antivirus software so that's the idea behind philosophical reading uh, if they're talking about the mind is that I'll read a paragraph and it'll portray something in a new way and it'll just sink in with you and you'll be like oh and <laughs> you can get big breakthroughs from from reading stuff like this or you know even this podcast I'm giving you tools that you're then going to take on board some you'll agree with some you won't but that mental software is now installed on your head and maybe that improves your gym lifts or your relationships or something like that you're now running a more optimized level of software in your brain so you can think of it like that reading obviously adds to the knowledge that we have uh, work on yourself through managing any trauma you might have is another good one but when you solve these emotional mental problems or you you realize that maybe you're being anxious about shit that doesn't matter or just worrying about stuff when it doesn't matter, it's outside of your control, something like that. That takes mental energy. It takes energy for your brain to have thought. You need calories. Like a lot of your food that you take in each day is just to fuel the brain. So when you eliminate these mental battles, you have more energy available in the battery of your brain and body to direct to other things, things that are important, things that matter or things that can help you or even, you know, considering a problem if you're studying or whatever it is, that energy is now directed to something positive. And where energy goes, sorry, where attention goes, energy flows. So now some of the energy is being directed into positive things. You literally like recover better in the gym because you're, you know, you have more calories available for the repair of muscles instead. Uh, de-stressing overall is a massive like gym hack you know levels of cortisol uh, impact your muscle building capacity if they're too high all the time uh, then that actually puts you in a catabolic state so distressing your life whether that's through a change of circumstances you get away from that job you really hate or just a change of scenery or something like that or you fix something in your life where you're not as stressed, that's actually going to be a positive uh, benefactor to your amount of muscle you can put on. You know, that's why I encourage naps uh, for people that are actually serious about putting on muscle. You know, that extra bit of sleep and recovery uh, is a game changer if, if you can fit a nap into your day. You know, that if you really look at it and rearrange your priorities, oh, I don't have time for a nap. You know, like people seem to get offended when I say it because it's like, Again, it's their ego. They're like, oh, but I can't, I can't take a nap at my job. And so they have a uh, feeling need to defend themselves or whatever. It's just like, okay, dude, then you can't nap. It's fine, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is a great muscle building technique. Um, De-stressing overall so you're more relaxed. You're not in that hyper-reactive cortisol heightened state. Is literally going to make you bigger. So if, the, if you seriously want to bodybuild, then look at eliminating the stresses from your life. Um excessive stress of course some stress is needed uh as we just want to make sure it's the right stress you know physical stress on the body if you're training hard and also stressed at work or with your family all the time outside of work outside of the gym you don't have as much time recovering 
ideally, if you're like really, really focused on muscle building, you want all of your recovery energy to be focused or directed to the stress you put yourself under in the gym, the physical stress. Cortisol goes up uh, for exercise after a while, but the short, intense bouts where we get in and stress the muscle so that we elicit some muscular growth, you know, some new uh, stress on the muscle we're trying to create. Uh, and then the rest of your day, ideally, bodybuilders would, you know, nap, walk around, just relax really, uh, get out in the sun, get in the ocean. Obviously, that's not doable for everyone, but, you know, the biggest bodybuilders, that was their life. And then they're also sleeping 10 hours at night as well. You know, the, their life was prioritized around if they had the means to and the money. Uh, their only stressor being the physical stress because it is such a large stress when you're at that level you the volume you're doing or the hours you're working out or whatever uh, you, you really have to have every available bit of energy to repair the body if you want your best chance you know to put on muscle the body doesn't necessarily want to put on muscles there are a few strategies that you can incorporate to create the most anabolic environment within the body that's what you want to do because the human body you know naturally you know it's hard to put on muscle really relatively you can stay fairly slim with a modicum of work but to get to the upper echelons of muscle like you need to be you know pushing yourself and lifting a lot of weights which not everyone wants to do and then you also have to have the recovery enough uh to put the muscle on which not everyone has either you know It's another thing, <clears throat> vitamins and minerals. If, you know, people sometimes will look at supplements that bodybuilders take uh, and be, you know, oh, why do you need all of those things? It's like, your body needs a certain amount of critical vitamins and minerals to do what it needs to do throughout the day. Stresses take a toll on that, so your nutritional need is higher. This is just to exist, right? And then you add on top of that the physical stressor of stress and increasing the amount of physical stress on the body over time, progressive overload. You're gonna need even more nutrients and minerals to optimally account for that and then also have an ex excess of creating new muscle. So with vitamins and minerals and supplements that you take, yes, you might not necessarily need uh, a vitamin C supplement but it doesn't hurt for you who's pushing your body to the extreme and also want to optimally gain muscle is to have an excess of that available for whatever it is that the body needs in the body same magnesium zinc uh, pretty critical one for testosterone production um, you know these things you never want your body to say it goes to complete a biological process and it goes oh levels of this are a bit low maybe let's just ramp that production down a bit because that's what happens almost so having the whole food supplements on top of what you're eating, which is a healthy and balanced diet, can know it's not necessary to live, but if you want the optimum muscle mass and rate of muscle acquisition, then you, you know, it helps to just top up with those things. It makes sense. Anyway, um, <laughs> first topic I want to talk about uh, on this episode of the Soulcast uh, is yoga and stretching in general. 
flexibility, so on and so forth. I assume you would have already heard me, you know, decry the benefits of stretching maybe on social media before, but I really wanted to just own in on why strategies for stretching, what I do, that kind of thing. So stretching, obviously, I like to kind of define it by the, you know, the active control you have within range, the excessive range of motion of a, a muscle group. If it's tight, uh, the 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 non the moniker of stretching is a bit uh, misleading because you're not. It's not that you are stretching this tight muscle. That's like it's not this bit of string which gets pulled out when you stretch, right? It's stretching is more the act of assuming a position and connecting with the physical body there to expand your range of motion and you need conscious control of those muscle cells it's almost strength it is well it is strength at the end ranges of motion and yes there's there's tension there because the muscles haven't been used or they're weak in that end range of motion and what happens is as the you know biological protection mechanism is that the body makes it tight there so it's not used so because it knows if it goes to those end motion it's going to hurt yourself or you're, you're weak in that so it protects that area because it hasn't been used so what i found is a good way to think about stretching is when you're in those positions try and feel like your you know the mind muscle connection putting yourself into that muscle group and visualize new muscle cells forming and then visualize and you'll know what I mean when, I, when you try this visualize you getting more active control and strength and trying to flex the extra muscle that you're kind of unlocking through this process of stretching that's uh, I think it's called PNF stretching not sure what that stands for but that's the the method of it and it's like that conscious tension or acquisition of tension in the end range uh, where you might have been had weak muscles before and then when you have that tension and then let go and release into the stretch a bit further and repeat that process as like an active thing rather than just okay I'm putting my leg on the floor and I can feel my hamstring and it's yeah it feels a bit stiff like really actively treat stretching as the process of okay I'm connecting with my body I'm going to try and awaken some new muscles, muscle cells in that area, uh, and then also release tension on the release. So, you like when people do the splits, it imagine like you're walking, and except you know you're moving your legs forward and taking them apart, and then imagine if you just took a really big step. But you had control through all range of the motion that means you have control and flexibility as such in that end range so how i do stretching uh after every workout i'll do maybe four or five stretches at the gym uh directly after the workout focusing on the muscle group that i just trained so if i've trained legs done some squats i'll uh, stretch my hammies quads hip flexors I'll foam roll a bit as well, just to get that tightness and tension out of the muscles. So post-workout stretching, um, 
depending on what I've just trained. And also stretch mainly before bed, uh, but in the morning as well. But before bed, I do usually a 20 to 30 minute yoga sequence. I'll just go on YouTube and, and find one that I like. And that's an easy way to do it. Don't have to follow anything, of course. I'd have my yoga mat out by my bed so I can just kind of, oh, it's right there. Let's hop on, do some stretching, do some foam rolling. Uh, it's accessible and easy to, you know, get into that mindset. That's a, that's a good little hack if you want to improve your consistency of doing something. It's like the idea of just putting your gym clothes out uh, the night before so you can just get up, boom, it's right there. Your brain has less excuse to kind of dive away if it's, if it's easier and more accessible. So putting a yoga mat next to your bed uh, is a good one to encourage yourself to stretch because you know it's just there, you can see it. And doing it before bed, it's just gonna relax you and release a bit of tension, make sure you're all, all ready to go uh, and relax nice and tired for bed. Um, in the morning, more of a dynamic, moving around, like a little bit of warm up, I'll do some, what I like to do is, is when I wake up, uh, and then you know get my bearings like I've, I've awoken a little bit uh, I'll do a a glute bridge where I just stick my lift my hips up off the ground and you hold that for a while and that's just gonna wake everything up uh, push a bit of blood down to your legs uh, through your core uh, and just do you know however many feels good of that body weight obviously and that's a nice easy way to wake up and just get things moving a little bit because you can sometimes feel a bit dazed um not really now that i've got my sleep in check but you know the principle's there not all the time uh so dynamic stretching in the morning do some body weight squats is a really big one hip mobility uh i like to also sometimes do a few different things with resistance bands so they're just like right here on my shelf in my room as well um you can do whatever you want you can do curls you can do uh band uh, monster walks for the glutes and legs if you just put them around your knees just to wake up get the blood flowing it's going to wake you up um, quite well and then also do a few stretches just to get going uh, so that's when i stretch that's when i would recommend you stretch but yoga in itself is a great way to access this stretching while also having a spiritual practice because that's what yoga initially started at was the, the spiritual practice of just sitting there and being with your thoughts and, you know, investigating the mind there. But they introduced these physical positions because they, you know, it was, they figured it was hard for people to just sit there and not move. Um, so this brand of physical yoga as well uh, sprung up. So I think it gets lost a little bit in... Uh, the westernization of yoga uh there's obviously a lot most yoga classes are good at least the ones that i've been to they, they do try and introduce the spiritual side of it but uh if you're doing it just at a gym or sometimes it can be a bit lost in that sense but it is a, a spiritual pro uh, process as well an activity you know that the way that yoga forces you to focus and get into the muscle and connect to your body and also how good it makes you feel because it clears your mind releases tension connecting to the body and 
that awareness of the body and the awareness of the mind and just connection to yourself that is what spirituality is that's a spiritual practice getting closer to that oneness of god which is you know call it god call it source whatever you want that all-encompassing all-knowing just awareness that energy that intelligence that is separate to the egoic mind and that which is part of everyone and all life on this planet and the universe that's what you get to uh, on the spiritual path eventually you, that realization that we are all part of the same thing so when you show love to other people that's the best thing that we can do in this world because we are you know we're all in this together in a sense and we're, we all are the same thing so that once you realize that it makes it easier to I guess care for other people or the idea is to aim to be in service of other people that's you know the end goal and I think the quickest way to happiness in a way well that's that's what you realize what's important and I'm not saying I'm, I'm there yet at all you know I'm, I'm trying I'm learning things every day but yeah it seems like there's there are a lot of ways to get to this realization one of them is yoga one of them is the physical body what you know what I call physical spiritualism is being so connected to the muscles in the set that you know nothing else matters nothing else exists and just being one with your body is uh, a beautiful feeling and one I think that everyone has felt but maybe they haven't mentalized before or put into words is <clears throat> existing outside of the running mind and really pushing yourself in a set in the gym it's hard to you know really get get deep David Goggins says that most people quit at 50% or some bullshit like that. <laughs> so, while well, I would say you're probably a lot more capable, it's, it literally just is all in the mind. Uh, I'm not saying go out and bench press 250 kilos, of course. Uh, but you'll find that maybe for like a moderate weight where it's, it's safer for you to push yourself, uh, you'll know like you'll, you'll want to stop but then if you actually just go, okay, no, I'm, I'm going to allow the physical pain to exist for a moment and I'm just going to push out the reps and I'm going to separate my mind from that burning sensation in my head. So it's, yeah, it's there, but I'm not going to be like, oh no, fuck, this is hurting. Oh. Like, okay, whatever. It's a sensation in the mind. You push past that and that battle where you're like, oh, my rep, come on, bitch, you can do it. Uh... Or compared to, nah, dude, just fucking drop the weight. It's too hard. We're not going to get this one. Um, that battle is a test of will. And that has spiritual benefits in itself. Uh, in whether you it functions as a discipline of something in some other areas. But that's the kind of the key that a lot of people find in physical training. In weight training, it's like, you, you hear a lot of people say weight saved my life because the weights teach you that in a very visceral manner when you put in the time you can achieve 
progress and it shows physically on your body very quickly after you first start lifting and you eventually realize the results that you get out related to the results you get in or put in sorry which is you know across the board true relationships business the effort you put in the study you do whatever is related to the grades you get but lifting weights can teach that to people as well as you get the beautiful dopamine effect from exercise that most people don't realize but it's a the meditative effect of when you're at the bottom of a set you know maybe it's a set of 20 of squats decent weight still nothing exists other than that burning sensation in your legs and you pushing struggling battling to get another rep you're not worried about what that dickhead from work was saying to you and it wasn't your fault, but he blamed you to the boss. You're not worried about some other bullshit. You're just in the moment, presence, awareness, and focus. And that's beautiful to some people because maybe they haven't felt that at all before. And it's it. everyone feels it. You, your mind is clear. You know, that anxious, worried voice in your head gets quietened by exercise it's i view it as a manifestation of unused physical energy you're ever feeling like some weird anxious thoughts or you're down and whatever go move the body bang out some pull-ups go for a walk around the block anything and you'll feel a million times better there's no exaggerating it's just like oh okay that was just boom something you can work out um, I think everyone's experienced that, but that can swing into people dealing with the other parts of their life. They first had discipline with lifting, they feel better, they look better. Okay, I'm a, I have a bit more energy and motivation to tackle other things. Let's improve my work situation and you know break up with that person that was. It was a horrible relationship I shouldn't have been in. You know, these things which then carry on to other great things and snowball into the beautiful gratitude spiral that I was talking about at the start of the Soulcast is realizing that everything gets better with work and with effort, smart effort, and you're a human being so you have the capability to do anything you put your mind to. That's a that's a fact. You are uniquely adaptable in this world. We have a world of information at our fingertips. You can learn to do something, anything that you put your mind to as a human. That's our birthright. Like a beaver, put them in the Af African savannah, they're not going to survive. They'll be like, oh shit, where's my, where's my dam? Where's my, what trees do I, I can't make it down here. There's no water. <laughs> But you put a human, move a human from the African savannah to the beaver's environment, they will learn how to, you know, adapt to their environment. And we see that where humans have split up across the world, different cultures have formed, and we've conquered those new, new environments. You know, most humans, barring some, are adaptable to any environment you put them in. So you consciously change the environment you Put yourself in and the information you're bringing on and the skill you want to learn you can do anything that's not an exaggeration like 
okay, maybe you won't have the genetics to become an Olympic sprinter, but for the most part, like, I've, you can do anything as long as you put your mind to it. It sounds like a motivational speech, but it's true. It's cliche because it's true. I forgot where I was going with that. Nice sentiment, though. But we're going to take a music break. And I want you to do some pull-ups. If you can, find somewhere, maybe a tree outside or maybe have a pull-up bar at home. Go smash out a set and we'll be back in a second. We are back in the building, in the studio, in my bedroom actually. <laughs> uh, but it'll be sick to get the studio when I move house. Usually in the study, but in my bedroom for this one. In the compound, there's gonna be a podcast studio attached. That's where I'll take guests. And then we'll also hit a workout, sauna, ice plunge pool. This is the vision that I have to build. Uh, maybe in like, within five years, I would say. Maybe three. Yeah, let's say three years. Because why not? I want to make a gym one day, just have it primo, perfect. Uh, probably, you know, have wood in the change rooms, little touches like that, have it style it old school, I think would be cool. And to use that as like a wellness complex, not just a gym. And we'd have obviously yoga, meditation classes, nutrition seminars, all the rest, all those good things. So try and build it as sort of a community, a health community instead of just a gym. Uh, and then I would never have to leave either. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd have everything I needed at the one place. Uh, that's Maybe that's the main reason I want to build it. <laughs> but I think with all those things in the same place, that would just make a cool place. You know, people would enjoy that. Uh, people love all that sort of thing. So I just if I could have it to my exact specifications and you know, preferably build it on the beach so there's a little outdoor bit as well. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I want to make Muscle Beach 
uh, like they have in, in Venice Beach in America, I want to bring that to Australia. So I want to be the first chain, shall we say, or not even, it doesn't even have to be a chain, it doesn't even have to be a business thing. I would just like to see we have, you know, at least some area of our, our beautiful beaches or uh, at least close to the beach would be so cool to have these, you know, body weight rings, uh, monkey bars, rope climbs, places for dips, you know, the, it's just natural movement of the body, uh, all outdoors, obviously, shirt off in the beautiful sun. Uh, there's no better way to have exercise, uh, on my opinion, in my opinion. The gains you will see from working out like that, uh, you have improved vascularity, body temperature is going to be higher, you're going to be warmer, which is good for the gym. You know, it's actually a bit detrimental that most gyms these days have air conditioning. It's because it's a lot harder for your body to heat up, uh, which is going to be better for, you know, the warmth of your muscles. You're not going to push past the, um, a, a range of motion you're not warmed up for. Uh, it's just good to have that higher body temperature when you're working out, get a sweat on, you know, proper sweat means you're clearing the skin as well. That is a bit harder in a commercial gym. So in the compound that I'm building, there'll be a more of a dungeon style, still clean, still nice, uh, dungeon style, you know, maybe the heat is on a little bit, just get everyone sourced up and warm, uh, is, is a much better, a healthier, conducive workout environment. That or being in the sun, obviously, but we'll have indoors and outdoors, don't worry. We'll have everything. Smoothie bar, of course, you know, massage center, um, you name it, it's gonna have it, if it's good and cool. Uh, that's, I guess, kind of the same idea as the, the island compound idea or buying the island uh, with all you fellas out there. Uh, well, lucky few fellas, I guess, because first round probably want 15 to 20 people, I guess. Um, but yeah, the idea behind that being just building a space of people that are uh, location independent, that are all in interested in the same things like we are on Twitter. Uh, and the other platforms and knowing that we're going in there with the, the idea and the motivation and energy behind it to just, okay, let's all work together. Let's actually build a community and let's help each other out. And uh, the business networking thing, like I think communities as a whole, we've become so f uh, fractionated in the West where we live in our house and we have our immediate family, but it's not as common to genuinely have a community um, that you engage with on the regular and have, you know, families that you work with and together, like there's so much power in numbers and going in on investments together, things like that, where everyone's of the same goal and, you know, maybe they're working on the ego. So there's no business fucking deal BS or, and everyone's keen to lift and go in the ice baths and do the meditation and the spiritual work as well. Having a community like that, where everyone's just feeding off each other would just be insane whatever your interests are, it doesn't even have to be an island and bro shit like I'm interested in. Um, just having a community where you're genuinely trying to help each other out and exist as a tribe and you, you do things to the betterment of the tribe, not just yourself. Uh, and then you have a lot more power when you're together. You know, one stick can be broken, but many sticks together, it's a lot harder to break them. Uh, lame analogy, but <laughs> you get what I mean. That's the idea behind the island, I guess. Plus, living on a tropical island, sick. Sun all the time. 
MMA training as well. Not that I am an expert at all in that, but it would be cool to spar. People can teach me that. See, that's what I mean. There'll probably be guys there that do know how to fight and then they can teach me and I can teach them something that I know and just build and fucking live and grow and do it together as we were meant to do as humans. We lost that. It's very individual and it's, oh, what's best for me? When you have, you know, millions of people in a city all thinking what's best for me rather than my, you know, what's best for my city or my, my tribe, it, it kind of, that number gets too big once you reach a, number of i forget what the name of the number is called but it's like 110 around that as the number of actual like meaningful relationships that most humans can hold before they start forgetting others or whatever else um so once you have these huge cities of millions of people you can't really all act as one as as much your your brain can't handle it so yes you have patriotism and hopefully do the right thing but those tribes those groups of like 100 or so people obviously the island whatever would be a bit less so it's that idea that you know, the human mind is wired to thrive in a tribe environment rather than a what's best for me. And that's on the whole going to improve everyone's quality of life more so than the sum of its parts. The individual working for the individual. There's, there's, it's unequal in the maximum capacity of, let's say, life, wealth in every facet. Uh than all those individuals added together. There's more on the tribe's capacity to win and grow and learn. So yeah, return to tribal living is what I'm saying. Whether that's the iron soon, whether that's we all buy farms somewhere rurally and you know we we all have acres and acres, but we all also have like bordering properties and all get together and hang out. That kind of thing is nice. If you could select the neighbors, you know, consciously and be like, okay, I'm gonna go live with these people that I'm interested with. Like, I think that's the future in terms of community safety and these tumultuous times is knowing you have neighbors around that you can rely on and that your kids can go stay with if, if they are in trouble or something like that. Like, those are valid things that we have to think about if I think as a man, you are analyzing the world around us as it is today, knowing and visualizing and trying to design your life in a way that's going to be the most beneficial for your eventually eventual family or even just you. That's like, you can't, you can't just let your life be chosen for you. You have to intelligently look at it and be the architect of it and see what's going to be best for you in terms of the choices that you make in the coming years and consciously seek out people that you can rely on as part of that end grand scheme. Okay, I want to be settled with my, uh, my partner, I look to have kids, and what environment do I want to be that in that? What, where is it going to make the most sense to live? You know, can I rely on the community around me? Uh, can I give back to my community? You know, the, the social benefit and the, the mental benefit that it gives us to help others is bar none. You know, you want to feel good and get out of your depression. Go help someone. Go carry someone's groceries. Go pay for someone's meal. Like, you will not believe the feeling that you get from doing that versus, oh, how can I make myself feel better? You help someone else feel better, you will feel a million dollars too. Because it's a good thing to do. If everyone's helping each other all the time, hey, mate, what can I do to help you? Like, can I carry groceries you know that kind of thing where just helping someone out for the sake of it because you care about another human being in this world uh or, or in your community 
and just wanting to do a good thing for them. There's, there's, there's no more motivation needed than that. So, if we could all do that, the world would be an amazing place. So I did want to get into the topic of women. This podcast. It is a extensive topic, probably the most important for most dudes. But let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's such a large topic that you can't really cover it in, in just one podcast. But I wanted to speak about a piece that I wrote uh, the other week about women and about some themes or ideas that you can incorporate into your life to maybe help navigate the, uh, the girl situation a little bit more if you are finding it a little bit tricky or maybe your relationships aren't going as well as they could be uh, there are a few things as a guy you need to understand or realize that will help uh, being attractive to girls but just the quality of your relationships in general it's all about improving yourself so that you can um, facilitate you know a better relationship and you know attract be more attractive uh, because your energy because of you know your physicality or your mentality and your spirituality it's the side of attraction if someone's open and loving that's much more attractive than the person that finds it very hard to open up or doesn't find it easy to show love like i'll give a stranger a hug i don't care like it's whatever dude you know we're all part of the same thing uh and then that that can come and show itself within a relationship uh, if someone shows you physical affection, that's more attractive. Uh, those kinds of things. You're not arguing. You're not sweating over the small stuff that doesn't matter. You're not feeding this weird emotional energy uh, because you feel slighted for no reason or you made an assumption, whatever it is. If you're spiritually aware or mentally aware of your own shortcomings as well, then you can much more easily navigate a relationship and... You, be a nicer person in general which of course is more is more attractive uh, to everyone there's a there is a skill of navigating and nurturing the health of your relationships uh, which gets underlooked and this is any relationship not just male female relationship but spending quality time together uh, actually being with each other and going, whether you're going to yoga or you're literally just spending time in the house together or going for a walk, it's always good to do something active together, no phones, whatever it is. A quality time together is how you build a relationship uh, and you're actually engaged and you ask about each other's day or whatever it is. Uh, that's important. Emotional management, I kind of touched on that before. If you have the emotional skills to not take out your frustration on your partner, that's a huge one. It's like your partner for a lot of people becomes a punching bag for their emotions and that's not fair on the partner that's not fair on anyone else unfortunately it's just the nature of well yeah it's, it's the nature of your relationships and emotions is that you have to you should deal with your own shit you know you shouldn't bring your emotional baggage whatever it is from and unload it onto your partner or anyone but especially not your partner who's meant to be the person that you know you value the most or your romantic relationship in this life um not the most but you know what i'm saying uh someone you care about deeply and you're unloading your emotional energy to them rather than um you know a stranger or whatever 
that is, an, uh, is a relationship skill in itself. Some people have got it down and some people, everyone needs reminding from now and now, from now and again. Always telling the truth is a huge one for both, for, for everyone in all relationships and life in general. If you go into a relationship and you project this lie of yourself because you think it's going to help attract the other person or project this image of yourself that the other person is going to find more attractive than other than your real self. So you're projecting this image of something and then maybe the other person is also doing the same as is being this type of person that she thinks will attract this fake version of you. So you've got two fake realities, two fake personalities interacting with each other. And can you see the problems that can arise when two different people are creating these fake personalities? So the other person only sees that side, of course. They're not privy to the inner machinations of your mind. It's just they just see what they see is in front of them is being presented to them. Then they're also doing the same. So neither one of you knows what the true reality of the person is or the true pers uh, demeanor or mood or interests or whatever it is. So you're never going to build a meaningful relationship that works starting from that basis. Telling the truth means not saying something because you think it's going to make the other person like you more. Just telling the truth. Like in terms of what you want out of a relationship or how you feel about the relationship, you know, if you're telling the truth, you're honestly displaying what it is you want to get out of a relationship. You're only going to get into relationships with people that also like the same things as you and are on the same terms. And there's lying that we do to either protect someone's feelings or protect our feelings. We lie to ourselves about the relationship as well. If you're always telling the truth, you don't run into those situations and those mismatches and you know lying in itself creates its own drama so just being honest about your intentions your thoughts feelings then you're not going to get in a mismatch with someone else who maybe they're attracted to that but it's not actually you or you know all these things that um can hinder a relationship always telling the truth is a good way to get around that once you get the hang of those kind of core techniques uh, in navigating all human relationships, the quality of relationships can deepen because you're confident in yourself, you're confident in themselves, you're both here showing up, you've dealt with your shit, coming together into a relationship where you both are working and giving and loving to produce something greater than the sum of the two parts. I've said that twice this podcast, but it's the same idea. That is a proper relationship. If you have a transactional attitude towards relationships, that's a low consciousness mindset that makes it almost impossible to have a deep bond with the opposite sex. It's this idea that I'm only nice to someone because I want to get sex out of it or attention out of it or whatever it is. You're not really giving and loving to the other person just for the sake of giving and loving because you want to celebrate the other person or just be good to them. You're only in the relationship because you want something out of it. That in itself 
means you're never going to have those deep emotional connections. Lower consciousness mindset in general is a way of doing things out of love and instead of doing things for the sake of getting something back. You know, someone can do the same thing with different energetic motivations and one can be attractive to the girl and one cannot be attractive. Say it's paying for dinner. One guy is paying for dinner because he thinks that it's going to get him sex if he does it and he wants to be nice to the girl, but she can feel that. The other guy is just, you know, he invited you to the date, he can afford to pay and he wants to. And he's securing that and he pays for the date out of love, out of whatever. I'm not, you know, going to hold it against you or whatever. It's just, I want to do it. The girl can feel that as well. Girls can feel your energy with the way you do things and if you are angry at girls or are not coming to want to acquire a relationship with the right attitude and mindset, then it's not going to go as well. And girls can sense that. To truly find like a, a meaningful connection with a girl as well, you have to be willing and able to be truly vulnerable. This can result sometimes in your heart being broken. That's the, the gist of it. But the alternative is never to truly be loved either because you're not bearing yourself on the table and trusting the other person. Sometimes being stoic uh, to the point of emotionless is not a good long-term strategy. If you want a girl to devote herself entirely to you, then you have to be willing to do the same to them. That's, you know, end game wifey scenario, of course, or in that, but principles the same for all relationships. You have to honestly show up, be yourself, have worked on yourself, not bring emotional baggage into it and just have a good time and be as attractive as you can for the, your partner. Um, it's really, once you nail down the key skills like that, uh, you have similar interests, um, then that's, that's the best foot to start on uh, in terms of building a relationship. But I got sidetracked. I was kind of talking about the polarity between the feminine essence, the girl, and the masculine essence, the boy. The more masculine you are, the more feminine the girl you will attract. That's pretty straightforward. Opposites attract, energy, clearing away all the bullshit, becoming more masculine, becoming more you know focused on your task in life, your mission, your purpose, that needs to come first. And if a guy has that, that's very attractive to girls is when a guy is on a mission and whether that's building a business or pursuing a sport career or some overarching goal that the guy is enamored with. Uh, it's good if that, if it comes with making money, but it's not necessarily needed, you know, that the struggling artist is a very attractive figure and it's because he has a passion and he's, you know, focused on his craft and it's, it's cool that a guy knows an instrument uh, and he's pursuing his passion, that kind of thing. That's very attractive to women. Uh, and where guys can slip up is when they make the girl the only focus of their life. And when that happens, you're going to be seen as supplicating and needy because you don't want to upset the girl because that's like your biggest focus in life. You know, everyone knows the guy that when he gets a girlfriend, he drops off the face of the earth, doesn't see his mates anymore. 
uh, maybe he stops going to the gym you know it's like what are you doing dude like you're getting more unattractive to the girl uh, on top of that you're acting more unattractive like suffocating and needy the girl's just going to be put off by that and doesn't want the only focus of your life to be on her she wants to be part of your life and a big part of course but not the only focus because that just comes across as you know groveling and really is, is not a good place to be as a man so that polarity of you um embracing the masculine characteristics leading in a way uh the relationship and the direction and all the rest of it that is a masculine essence of course it requires a lot of self-work to get to that point if if you don't naturally feel it uh but there are behaviors that you know can be cultivated and just relationship skills and life skills in general that if with practice um, you can become more attractive or just as a, a more attractive human being in general your energy is better you know if you've ever felt someone that has bad energy a bad vibe around them it's usually because they have a lot of negativity and anger towards the world and other people can feel that so if you can work on yourself to the point where you're happy in your life and grateful to be alive and happy to share it and want to help other people that's people can sense that also and, and that's an attractive energy to be around everyone wants to be around the person that makes them feel good you know why would people want to be around people that make them feel bad of course it's only natural so to attract girls for the most part you know j just focus on yourself uh, improve your lot in life figure out your passion improve yourself physically start dressing better if, if, if you let that slide all of these things which don't even involve the girls at all really but if you do them and focus on them and improve in these realms overall, uh, then you will you will notice that girls will start paying interest in you. Uh, it's a natural byproduct of these behaviors rather than going out. Okay, I'm going to get a girlfriend or a relationship. Like it doesn't work uh, as well that way. One other thing uh, it's kind of related to telling the truth, in a sense, and a, a byproduct of telling the truth is. Uh, again the idea of polarity in a way or polarizing girls if a girl says something you don't agree with don't seek to agree and supplicate in the hopes of not upsetting her you know if you disagree with her say so and entertain discussion playfully if you agree with her say so too you know this honesty and going for what you believe in and sticking by that Becoming true and righteous in your conversation translates to a much more honest and attractive personality because you know that someone's not being dishonest with you and you know they're not going to change themselves for you. So you know, you know, you take it or leave it. Uh, being more forthcoming and honest about your opinions will probably bring with it some girls that don't like what you say. But that's the other benefit of telling the truth is that within your relationships uh, and just meeting people in general. If someone doesn't like what you have to say, you know, and so you don't have to associate with them, you know, or in terms of your like meaningful relationships, it, even when you disagree with someone about something, it can be to your benefit when they recognize that you're not going to change who you are just to them, quality that everyone respects. And it's also going to manifest the relationships that are 
more fiery and passionate and attractive because there's there's no BS to get through of to get through and you're both just honestly laying out on the table and so you realize oh shit this is someone I actually really like and enjoy spending time with them we have the same opinions about things and that attraction can form a lot quicker uh, because you're not projecting this fake reality of yourself around that's another benefit of telling the truth as well you know, th these things with attracting girls, it's never a question, it's never the best strategy to go out and try to get girls. Obviously, you have to approach girls if you want to talk to girls out in the wild. But I mean, in terms of how do I get more girls, the best strategy you can take is to work on yourself, whether that's your relationship skills, your self-love, so that you're not uh, emotionally fucking up the relationship or telling the truth so that you're honestly honest about who you are so you can attract the people you're meant to be with. Work on your business, your mission, all of these things which indirectly attract women but are a better chance of you getting girls than just um, focusing on the girls themselves. I will say as a corollary to that, if you're not talking to girls, and you want to talk to girls, you're going to have to go to talk to new girls and approach new girls out and about or do activities where they're there. It's not going to fall into your lap, of course. If you can monk mode yourself and, and gain in a lot of areas, you still need to talk to girls and interact with girls. It's not going to just fall into your lap. Uh, but it's also to not, you know, it's also okay to not want to pursue a romantic relationship at every point in your life. If you just want to have a bit of time to yourself and work on yourself, that's also good. But I'm just saying, you know, some people expect a great relationship to fall into their hands, um, even when they are working on themselves. You still need to put yourself out there, uh, especially dudes. But yeah, I, I hope that has uh, contributed a little bit to mental framework of male-female relationships. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I will bring that topic up or it will come up uh, many a time over the years of Soulcast that uh, will be created. So I'll speak more about that another time. Thank you for listening. If you are not signed up to my mailing list, get on that, www.solbra.com. Just put in your email, make sure to confirm. Uh, I put out a lot of, not a lot, uh, but I put out some really good quality stuff there, mainly gym routines, uh, specific chess routine just got sent out. Uh, but I'm gonna be looking to, to write some email exclusive content through there. So if you wanna know what I'm all about and sign up to updates then get on www.solbra.com thank you for listening episode 21 uh we'll be back peace and love as always bye